Hi, and welcome to the Jack and Ian show. This is the very first episode of the show. I am Jack Laughlin, and this is Ian Nepetian. Today on the show, we will talk about some college football from this last weekend and what went on with that. We will also talk about the NFL, some impressions we have of teams here early on, and we will also get to a couple highlights from those NFL games. So with that, let's go ahead and jump in. Um, Ian, what did you think about some of these teams that we got to see last weekend? What are some of your impressions so far? Yeah, so honestly, um, I I think it's been a great start to the NFL season, um, and two teams that have uh, surprised me in particular are the Arizona Cardinals and the Las Vegas Raiders. And so to me, the Cardinals have just been absolutely lights out. Week one, their defense was on top of everything. Chandler Jones, for example, he had five sacks. He was the big star on the defense that week. And going into week two, some people were uncertain if the Cardinals were going to continue this great run of form. But honestly, Kyler Murray at the helm, at the wheel for the Cardinals, he's been fantastic. He has 689 passing yards over the first two games, seven touchdowns and three picks. And so I I think he's been fantastic for the Cardinals. Um, and I, I think there's a lot more in store for this organization. I think you're right about the Cardinals especially. I mean, I have Kyler Murray on my fantasy team, thank God. Uh, he has been absolutely incredible. I could not have asked for a better starting quarterback. Kyler, if by any chance you happen to watch this, please keep it up. You have gotten me 30-plus points in both games so far. You are easily carrying me right now. Please keep going. Um, and then on top of that, though, you're right. That Cardinals defense... I mean, they just locked down that Titans offense in week one. Derrick Henry could not do anything. The Titans just could not get that ball going. They could not move the ball downfield. I mean, they just crushed. I mean, they made Tyler Luan publicly apologize on Twitter for how he played. Tyler, I don't know. Taylor Luan, excuse me. I don't know if you know Taylor Luan or have seen anything about him ever. He's a big guy. He's a big guy, and he's a pretty unapologetic guy. Mm Mm-hmm. But he apologized mm-hmm. because of how poorly yeah. they... Buda Baker, man, that guy just ran him into the ground. So. They looked bad. Again, yeah. I mean, they, and obviously they're not bad because how we saw them play mm-hmm. against the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which just shows how good that Cardinals defense yeah. was. Exactly. They exactly. look great. Yeah. And Kyler Murray's look great, too. Yep. So, and so, good first impression. Yeah, and, and so on the topic of the Titans, we're going to get to them a bit later on in the show, but I do want to get back to another big team that's impressed us this year, and it might be a bit biased to some of those out there that know me, but I have to be honest, my Las Vegas Raiders have surprised me completely. Yeah. Going, I mean, honestly, going into every season, I don't know what to expect. You know, it's yeah. either another 500 year or a few games under 500, and you're just hoping that, okay, hopefully we'll look better for the next season to come and the next season to come. But honestly, the Raiders this year have been spectacular, in my opinion. Right. Offensively, they've been on top of things. Um, I don't know if you know much about their defense or not, but last year we had so much issues, so many issues um, of getting pressure on the opposing right. quarterbacks and offensive lines. And that was the problem because... As a defense, if you gave your uh, sorry, if if you gave the opposing quarterback so much time, eventually coverages will break down in the right. backfield, and so someone's going to be open. And so without that pressure, you just allow the quarterback to sit comfortably back there. But that hasn't been the case this year at all. And with the addition of Gus Bradley, our new defensive coordinator, things have just been completely different. And I think we have to give credit to not only Gus Bradley. 
but Max Crosby as well, who last year was one of the brightest spots on the Raiders' defense. And Absolutely. this year, I think he's at the heart of the defensive line. He has two sacks, um, both of them coming against Baltimore. And his presence, along with other players like Carl Nassib, it just creates this defensive line that just becomes a bit overwhelming at times for other opposing offensive lines to deal with. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It finally does feel like Gruden's kind of settled in. Because yep. you forget when he first got there, there were so many internal things going. I mean, they were on hard knocks mm-hmm. that first year he was there, which could be a distraction potentially. You had the whole Antonio Brown situation. Yep where Antonio Brown, people forget that he was ever on the Raiders. Exactly. I mean, he played, a, like, what, two, three games for him, maybe? Preseason. And he that was just preseason, yeah. exactly. And so you forget how mu- how many off the field, like, how many distractions they have. Yeah. And also just getting rid of Mac too. Yep. And trading him to Chicago. Yeah. I mean, he was, at the time, I mean, he still is, such a dominant defensive force. He is. And it was so, so hard to replace, and they didn't get that much back for him. No, nothing. They honestly. they got nothing. Ba- I mean, they did not get much back for him at all. And so they had a lot of change happening. Mm-hmm. You got rid of your best defensive player. You brought yeah. in a guy that was supposed to be a great wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That then didn't he? He was He's gone. a bit of a bust. Yeah, he was gone. Yeah, and then you also had a new head coach and an entire new coaching staff. Yeah, and so that can be tough on a team. Yeah. Totally. You know, the, and you saw Carr have some tough years there, and you forget that before that, I mean, the dude was an MVP candidate at he one was. point. He was, yeah. He was, yeah. and then all this stuff happened, yeah. and he just kind of fell off with that as yeah. the Raiders kind of, I mean, and they were changing cities too. Yeah, yeah. There was so much change and so many issues within that organization. There were so many distractions. Mm. It finally feels like now that they're in Vegas, yeah. it feels like there's a fresh start. Yep. And it feels like there's a fresh start also for Carr. And you've seen that so far in the first two games. Is he's thrown for like 800 yards on the season yep, in yep. two games. Exactly. He's looked good. He is. He, he's looking great. And, and you know, I, I think one thing that's interesting is that I, I don't think anybody expected Derek Carr to have this much success to begin with. But on top of that, to have this much success with such a new and young offensive line. Because if you think about it, last year... Our offensive line, you know, for the Raiders was the highest paid O-line in the entire league. Right. You know, just a few names included Rodney Hudson, Trent Brown, Richie Incognito, Gabe Jackson, and Colton Miller. This year, the only guy left is Colton Miller. And if you guys remember, in the draft, we actually drafted Alex Leatherwood. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, he's more of a second-round pick. I'm not sure why the Raiders chose him in the first round. And I, I totally understand the fact that we need to rebuild our offensive line. But um, just getting back to the point, though, I don't think many people expected Carr to have this kind of impact with such a new offensive line right. that we do have this year. Yes, and it's it's been seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat two good teams so yep. far. Yep. They, they have not, not played two bad teams. They beat the Steelers and they beat the Ravens. Yep. Those are two good teams. Those are playoff teams. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and the Steelers' defense, let's remember, is one of the top defenses in the league. Yes. And also, you know, you you can have your 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 disagreements with how good their offense is. You know, the you know with the likes of Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, but their offense, although it's not the best this year, it's a scary offense to play against. And knowing the Raiders you know, who had a defense that were were notorious for blowing coverage, um, averaged 30 points given up per game. I, I just didn't expect this out of their defense. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really pleasantly surprised. And I think the football world is as well. 
I think so. I mean, they're one of the few teams. I mean, there aren't many 2-0 teams in the NFL right now. No, many of aren't. them have lost. Yeah. And, I mean, the Raiders are one of the 2-0 teams. I yeah. mean, they have – they could not – this is exactly the start I think you could have asked for, yep. Ian. Yeah. It could not have gone better for you. <laughs> it couldn't have. And, and on that topic, you know, about teams not being 2-0 – Let's move on to our disappointing teams. And, yes. Jack, you want to take it away? Sure. Um, there have been many disappointing teams. I think, for me, uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, Jacksonville. Now, they have, they have a lot of newness. They got a new quarterback. They got a new head coach, for starters. Um, Urban Meyer has been disappointing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been retired for a few years from Ohio State. And this is not the first time that he's come out of retirement. I mean, he came, he retired from Florida, came back, and started winning at Ohio State. So why not come back and start winning again? Well, apparently, he is some. Okay, you see that? I'll put it like this: you see this a lot, I think, where a lot of coaches can be really good in college and not good in the pros. Yep. And a lot of coaches can be really good in the pros and not good in college. Exactly. And I think Urban Meyer could end up being one of those guys. Yeah. It just doesn't work out with some coaches. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of coaches that are players' coaches in college. They don't translate to the NFL. Yeah. You look at what happened with John Calipari. John Calipari uh, was a college coach who was, could not have been more successful. And then he went to the NBA to coach for the New Jersey team, the New Jersey Nets. And they were terrible. John Calipari is one of the best coaches in college basketball because he's a really good players coach. He recruits really well because he gets he is so good at getting players to like him. Now the issue is once you get to the pros, those guys aren't playing for you anymore. They're playing for the paycheck. If we're being honest, they're playing to win and they're playing for a paycheck. They now have another factor in the equation because these are guys that have things like families. And mortgages. <laughs> so They need their money. So There they're... aren't many college players that are like that. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times you end up seeing these pro coaches or college coaches that end up trying to make a transition to the pros and it doesn't work out. I think we could look back in two or three years and see that is the case with Urban Meyer. Yeah. Um, now, on the other hand, Trevor Lawrence has been horrendous. Trevor Lawrence was a great quarterback at Clemson. He was fantastic. And coming into the draft, you I'm sure you remember, mm-hmm. people were saying this guy is a fantastic prospect, yeah. which he was. And granted, we're two two games in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first impressions are not great. Yeah, totally. They're not. They lost to Houston. Let that sink in just for a few seconds. Houston, yes. who have Tyrod Taylor because of Deshaun Watson's they horrific could, off We talked season, about so. off-the-field distractions with Oakland, yeah. or Las Vegas. Yeah. They were Oakland at the time. Yeah. Now they're Las Vegas. Yeah. Talk, they got off-the-field yeah. issues, too. Exactly. They do. They have plenty. Yeah. And they just beat you by, like, what, I think 16? Jacksonville? Yeah. And, and also— Houston is a team with zero talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really have none. They have a washed Mark Ingram— they have Tyrod Taylor, who has been Tyrod Taylor, mm-hmm. who has been around the block a few times. Yep. They've got nobody. Yeah. Literally, nobody. Yeah. And yet, 
here they are beating Jacksonville by double digits to start the season. Yeah, and and also I, I do want to add one thing that I think about um, with the Jaguars is the fact that they haven't been running the ball nearly enough. And, you know, for, for example, James Robinson had a he, – he was kind of the bright spot of the Jaguars last year, especially towards the end of the season. And I think people were really excited to see the kind of running back that he could uh, come into – or, sorry, become right. in uh, this year. And so – I, I kind of feel like the Jaguars are so focused on giving the ball to Trevor Lawrence to the point where they're not having a a, a variety of plays, play schemes, and it's, it's just they can't always expect Trevor Lawrence to be the guy throwing the ball for every single play. Because if I'm not mistaken, he threw the ball 50, 50 or so times in week one, and right. obviously that, that, that went down in week two when they gave the ball more to James Robinson, but... You kind of have to find that balance, and I think those are some kind of early stage growing pains that you can have with such a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and a somewhat inexperienced head coach that's coming from college in Urban Meyer. Right. Um, so yeah, I think I think um, Jack hit it on the head. Hit. I think Jack hit the nail on the head. Excuse me, in saying that you know the Jaguars have just been disappointing, and I, I'm not sure if anyone expected more from them because they don't have a fairly well-rounded team. No, they but, do not. But it's more from seeing what Trevor Lawrence can do. And it and he hasn't been the brightest spot. But but again, moving on and, now. Oh, well, it's also the fact that they have not played a good team. Yeah. That's the uh, I know they're not a well-rounded team, mm-hmm. but they're playing not well-rounded teams yep. and they're still getting yeah. beaten bad. These are teams that they can beat. Not necessarily should beat, but if they want to have a good outlook for the season, these are the teams that they need to compete with. So I think they're just tanking for a starting quarterback. Yep. That's all I think. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get that number one pick to yep. get a starting quarterback. That's 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 my theory. Yeah. All right. And then, so so next up, we do want to talk about... A team that will need a new starting quarterback. Yeah, because let's just be honest. Zach Wilson in week two was absolutely horrendous. I mean, I'm, I, I try not to be judgmental, you know, but the thing is... He, he deserves it. Yeah, having four of your first ten attempts, passing attempts go for interceptions that that that's just not good enough and so oh it's it's just not good it's terrible yeah it is really really bad um i mean the fact that that happened in an nfl game Mm -hmm. is disgraceful it kind of makes it is terrible actually it, it honestly makes me think about I, I, I hate to say it, but it makes me think about our backup quarterback and Nathan Peterman for the Raiders because oh, yeah. that guy's NFL classic. debut against the Chargers, he had five picks in the first half, and you're just like, dude. He's a on. classic interception thrower. Yeah, he is. But, but yeah, you know what? The, the Jets, you know, I think uh, – not, not I think. I think everyone knows that they're in this rebuilding stage, and I think Robert Sala can kind of provide a foundation for them, but – Fans need to know that this isn't something that's just going to happen overnight. This is something that's going to take a few seasons of building around Zach Wilson. And also, people need to understand um, the fact that, you know, the NFL has changed a lot since, you know, since young and new quarterbacks have come into the league. Because I don't know how you feel, Jack, but to me, whenever someone drafts a young rookie quarterback, they should actually normally be on the bench for the first two seasons, maybe three seasons learning from the starter, right? Right. But I feel like more and more we're seeing these young quarterbacks get drafted super high in the draft, which is fine, but then they're going out and playing every game, and people expect them to play at the level of 
you know, of, of every other quarterback in the NFL. And it's right. just not, it's not practical because they still need to learn. And they're not going to go into their first season going, you know, more than 500 for the most part, you know. So, and, and I think we've seen that in players like Patrick Mahomes who have had right. Alex Smith, you know, in front of them. Someone that's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but is a great person to learn from, whether that's in regards to leadership mentality or just playing the game. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of quarterbacks now, like Trevor Lawrence and like Zach Wilson, are kind of being thrown to the hounds, essentially, by being drafted and just being, you know, being named a starter. Right. I agree with you. Um, I think a big issue is that fans have become very impatient. Yeah. Which I think, in fairness, they want to win, and they want to win now, which is what a fan's purpose, like, that's what fans do. Um, however, I think when you do have a young quarterback, it is important to try and be patient. Um, they're not going to be amazing immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few are. Um, and also, you do see a lot of quarterbacks start well, and then like they kind of fall off. Yep. Like That happens, too. So it's important to give it time for them to be able to develop and actually make a to actually be sure about what they can be as a pro athlete. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just the the Jets. I mean, they, they're just the Jets. And it also can't feel good for them to then turn around and see Sam Darnold be decent. Yep. That's tough. They just let go of him. And that's an example. I bring that up only because I talked about being patient. Yep. You can't help but think maybe if they were patient. Yeah, yeah. With Sam Darnold. Because now... He's not a great quarterback by any means. No. But he gets the job done. But, and also, could you have, you know, maybe if the Jets thought about it a bit more, could they have drafted a, a quarterback like Zach Wilson and let him watch someone who's been in the league like Sam Darnold just for a few more years than him and just kind of develop under him and then right. get rid of Sam Darnold? But, right. you know, I mean, whatever it is, the Jets are off to a terrible start just like always and just the same way that everyone expected them to be. Um, But, yeah. I do have one more, uh, and that is Jameis Winston is back to his prime of his career playing. Uh, He started fantastic against Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers. He looked great. And then they went on the road to Carolina, Sam Darnold's team, and he threw for 50%, 111 yards, and two interceptions. Yep. This is your classic 30-30, you know, touchdown-interception ratio for, for Jameis Winston. Yes. This is what you're getting now, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, no, he's he's back to doing Jameis things. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think one more game. We got, okay, What what? let's think about games that were awesome this last weekend. Yeah, so. We've talked so, to, I've had enough of discussing people that sucked. For sure. All right, so, so yeah, let, let, let's try to get on to the, the, the positive side of things and talk about the, the game of the week, in my opinion, and I think Jack would, would kind of say the same. And that was just watching Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just get back to their good, normal selves. because Felt good watching that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was good, good because, especially after the offseason and all the controversy between Rodgers and the Packers and Matt LaFleur, you know, I mean, the way they started out against the Saints – scoring only three points, that was embarrassing, right? And so I think everyone was glad to see the Packers kind of get back to their normal selves. I mean, Rodgers had a great game. He didn't throw for the most yards, but he saw 255 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, which was the highlight. Yes. Um, I I think we we, we both saw the game last night, and Aaron Jones was 
just insane. And I mean, he he's been a thorn in the side for the Lions even last year and the year before. And I don't think anyone else would have expected otherwise. And Aaron Jones last night, you know, he didn't have the most yards. He had a total. Uh, he had uh, only 115 total scrimmage yards, but he had four touchdowns, three of which were receiving touchdowns. So no, he played a fantastic game. Yeah. I mean, he he was awesome. I mean, and you love to see it, especially considering like the dad thing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just an all around great game for yeah. the Packers. Yeah. I mean, and also even beyond that, they were able to you know hold the Detroit Lions to 17 points. Yep. You know, did they even score in the second half? The Lions. I don't think they scored in the second half. Here, yeah, look it up real quick. I don't think they did. Detroit Lions. A few moments later. All right, I think we're back. I think we were talking about how how Aaron uh, Jones's dad had found the end zone more times than Detroit did in the second (laughs) half. I think that's what we were saying. Yeah, but but no, honestly though, the the Lions didn't end up scoring any points in the second half, which was, I mean, honestly, you, you have to give credit to the Packers' defense um, because Packers' defense ended the season off terribly last year when King gave up the bomb to uh, to, to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And so I, I, I just think the, the Packers really had just a polar opposite performance this week. Um, yeah, it, and, was, it was good to see them yeah. turn it around. And, I mean, if, if you just compare the statistics from this week to last week, I mean, Rodgers last week against the Saints, 133 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. And not only is that a terrible stat line, but also there's a lot more going on within the game that I think concerned Packers fans right? and also just fans in general. Um, and that was just the fact that Rodgers didn't look like he wanted to be there. No. Um, he, he looked, looked dejected. Unmotivated. He looked unmotivated. He looked dejected. Um, he didn't want to be there. It didn't seem that way. Um, obviously, he would say otherwise. But and, and furthermore, he forced a lot of passes, which were very unlike Aaron Rodgers. And not only did he force a lot of passes, but he didn't look disciplined and patient in the pocket. I felt like as soon as things closed down in the pocket, he would panic or he would just throw off of his back foot and... Again, that's not the Aaron Rodgers that the world right. is used to knowing or used to seeing. So Yeah, it was good to see them get back to it. Yeah. I think I'll, we can mention two other games here really, really quickly, then we'll move to college football uh, and what happened this last weekend. Uh, two other games that were great, the Kansas City-Baltimore game. Baltimore finally got over that Kansas City hump that it take they, they just they were the thorn in their side forever. And finally, they won against them and in an unbelievable fashion, too. I mean, recovering a fumble with, like, what, under two minutes yeah. left and going for it on fourth and one in yeah. Kansas City territory. That's I mean, ballsy. That is, it, is, it could not be more ballsy, yeah. and it worked out. That was unbelievably fun to watch. Another one was the Titans-Seahawks game that went to overtime. Uh, Titans were down the whole game, ended up winning in overtime on a field goal. Uh, Derrick Henry looked awesome yeah. after not looking great against the Cardinals. That was another good one. No, he was fantastic. And and just quickly, we do want to announce the players of the week, just quickly, Yes. Um, before we move on to college football. And obviously, I think everyone know, knows who the AFC player of the week is, and that's going to be Derrick Henry, just like how Jack yes, said. Yes, he was awesome. Absolutely insane. He, he got up to a slow start against Seattle. I think everyone noticed that. But in the second half, the dude went off. I mean... He had he had a total, um, he, his his total yards from scrimmage 
237 with three touchdowns. And he had that big kind of turning point play when he rushed for 60 yards, took it to the house to, yeah, uh, no, to, a, to top it off against Seattle. That was an awesome play. Yeah. All right, what's the other player of the week for me? So now moving on to the NFC, we've got Kyler Murray who, who just – pretty much thrashed the Vikings. I mean, obviously, it was a very close game, 34-33 to 33 Cardinals, but this guy's insane. He can throw off his back foot. He can make jump passes. He can throw from, from the side. And he it's it's like his elusiveness and his ability to extend the play just makes him so difficult to contain as a defense. Mm-hmm. And j- just for example, the you know, um, Kyler Murray went 29 for 36. He had 400 passing yards, three touchdowns. He had two picks, which, you know, kind of tainted the stat line a bit. But honestly, um, he's just crazy. He's crazy good. And and he, and he had a rushing touchdown on top of that. So Yes. All right. With that, I think let's go ahead and talk about some college football that happened this last weekend. Um, to start out, the big game of the week, the game that was college game day, my Auburn Tigers, the team that I love, lost on the road to Penn State because apparently it's impossible for us to beat a top 10 team on the road ever. Um, Bo Nix, now a third-year starter. He looked good through the first two games, and then this last game uh, just fell off, uh, did not look nearly as great, which also, just referee-wise, it was just some questionable stuff going on. Um, I personally hated to see it, but uh, I think they'll bounce back fine as Penn State. I mean, they also look good. Um, Another game, Oklahoma fans uh, should not be comfortable. This is just other news, I guess. Oklahoma fans thought this was the year. Their defense was supposed to be vastly improved. Spencer Rattler was the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, And they have not lived up to the hype. They barely beat Nebraska, which is not good. And in that game, uh, Spencer Rattler threw for only 214 yards. Which sounds fine, but then when you realize it's Nebraska, it doesn't. Exactly. Uh, and then he only had one touchdown, and that touchdown was a three-yard little dump pass. Now, here's the thing that's really disturbing. Two things that are really disturbing. And, Ian, uh, I'll let you think about this mm-hmm. here. Uh, here, you, you got you get one of them. I'll let you. What? Here, there's one of them right there. Oh, this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So big stuff. So, so I, as you can tell, I am not the 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 expert when it comes to college football. So Jack is helping me here. But right. Basically, Oklahoma is in deep deep crap right now. <laughs> they they didn't only barely beat Nebraska, but they've been held to twenty seven points or less, and there's in three of their last five games when playing against top ten teams. No, it. it I mean, it's uh. Oh wait, that's almost it. It's they have been held to twenty-seven points or less in three of their last four games against Power Five schools. Now that doesn't sound terribly bad. Shout out to Ian, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound terribly bad, but before December of twenty twenty, a Lincoln Riley led team had never been held to fewer than thirty points, ever. Wins, law, it doesn't matter. They never happened. But in three of the last four games against Power 5 schools, they have been held to 27 points or less, which is very bad. Now, the other one is they have averaged a yard less of offense per play this year, which also should be discouraging. Overall, just Oklahoma has not lived up to the hype that they should have uh, lived up to. Now, another school that has not lived up to the hype is Clemson. Yes. 
Now, here, their issue mainly lies at quarterback. They're having to replace Trevor Lawrence, the number yep. one overall pick, uh, who we talked about earlier, who has not done well. But in college, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really good. And the issue they have is their new starter, DJ Uyunglele, has been held to a 59% completion rate through three games. He is under 60%. Under 60% of his passes are completed, which is bad. He also has two interceptions on the year and only one touchdown through three games. One of which was against a nobody, and the other one was Georgia Tech. I understand not playing well against Georgia, but Georgia Tech is terrible. Georgia Tech was held on, they almost beat Clemson. They were on fourth and goal on like the two yard line, and Clemson, some linebacker stopped them. Shout out to him. They would have lost. They would have been one and two. Clemson, a team that's been in the playoff for years. Uh, they they just did not look good. They did not look um, themselves. They were tremendously disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see if they can turn around. We'll see if Oklahoma can turn around. But so far, um, I would not be very, I would not be very happy if I were a fan of either of those teams. Because my goodness, I mean, they just have looked bad. Yep. They've not looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, another game. Uh, Matt Corral, another person I'm just going to shout out here real quick. Matt Corral currently is the guy I think will win the Heisman Trophy. He is. I know he plays for Ole Miss. Ole Miss does not produce Heisman Trophy winners. I, I'm not an Ole Miss guy, so it hurts that I say Matt Corral will probably win the Heisman. He accounted for seven touchdowns last Saturday. Seven. Dang, seven touchdowns. He ran for four and passed for three. This dude is unreal. He's very good. Uh, if Ole Miss can even be a 10-win team, I think he'll win it simply because of the talent he has. And also, Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma's quarterback, and Clemson's quarterback, DJ Uyunglele, they were two of the favorites Yeah, yeah. to win at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And they've just been – they've not been good. Yep. And that just paves the way for a guy like Matt Corral to come in and win it. Because who else is going to win it? I would not know. <laughs> Just saying, because I am not I, the college football guy, but yeah. I don't know anyone else who could possibly win it. I mean, it just, it, I think it has to be him. I think if I stepped in at, at quarterback for Clemson, I think I could do a pretty good job. I think you could do a pretty good job. I don't know about job. you guys. There is a ton of talent on that team. I think you yeah. just t- hand the ball off and you'd be in the running. I'd be good. Five, 5'11", Ian Nepetian back there playing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd be good. Lights out. Now, there's one other game I want to talk about here, and then I think we're going to we're going to start winding down the podcast. Uh, one other game. Alabama only beat Florida by two. Now, this is a big game given that Alabama usually dominates every game. Uh, but Florida was able to hang with them. And this shows to me that, one, Florida's defense is elite. Because Florida's offense did not play great, but their defense was elite. And second, that Alabama's new quarterback, Bryce Young, who's replacing Mac Jones now of the New England Patriots, uh, that Bryce Young is not quite Mac Jones level to a tongue of Aloha or Jalen Hurts level yet. Yep. Now he's he's new. This is his first year as a starter, um, and he's he doesn't have the same experience. Mac Jones was on the team. That was his senior year last year. Yep. He had experience just in general. Bryce Young does not have that same experience yet, and he's not quite elite, which is why Alabama might struggle against teams like Florida or uh, anybody else like that. Um, and it leaves them open to upsets because they have a young, inexperienced quarterback. Um, 
that's all I got for college football notes. No, now, that's great. I will say, we got one more segment coming up for y'all. It's not Ian or me. It's someone we turn to when we need money advice. Yes. Now, when Ian and I are broke, when we have no money, when we have nowhere left to go, when we act- when we are buried financially, we turn to one man, and his name is Jackson. Jackson helps us with our money problems. Yep. Does he not? He Ian? sure does. And by looking at these bets of the week, guys, I think as long as you guys follow this, you guys will be perfect. We're going to make fine. so much money. Yeah. So We're, we will be rolling in it, Ian. Yeah. So, so honestly, without further ado, Jackson, take it away. Hello, you degenerate gamblers. My name is Jackson Bauer, and you're here to make money, and I'm here to make you that money. Usually, you have to pay me for this. I do this for free. So let's just hop right into the games this weekend. First game on slate, TCU minus 10, keep that in mind, minus 10 versus SMU. SMU is dog shit, dog shit. TCU, not look great against Cal, coming off the bye, conference, or not conference game, which is big. TCU, 4-3, in slot 7 against the spread. SMU, not so well against the spread. Um, over, keep that in mind, over is hit, last five meetings in Amy G. Carter, big deal, that's where the game is this weekend. Gary Patterson, 15-3 all-time against the Stangs, TCU, 4-1-1 one one in its last six, one favorite against the spread. That's big numbers, that is big numbers. If you don't trust me, my record this season is 8-3-6, and, and unless you're dumb, that's a winning record. That's money in the pocket. You think I can afford to go to school here? No. I pay with it with my bets. Easy money in the bank. Pick TCU minus 10 this weekend in the bat- battle for the Iron Skillet. Next game. Another Big 12 game. Texas minus 9 versus Texas Tech. Minus 9 versus Texas Tech. Rivalry game. 11 a.m. kickoff. Weird. Texas. 2-1 against the spread this season. 2-0 at home. They usually kick ass against Texas Tech. Take my word for it. I'm 8-3-6 this season. Winner. Winner. Herman's gone. No more Herman. Sark's the guy. All gas, no brakes. Like his, like his message. Shaky game against Arkansas. Bounce back against Rice. Maybe going back on the right track. I like him. Minus 9 versus Tech. Casey Thompson's legit, so is Bajan. That offense is firing on all cylinders now. Tech won't have an answer for this offense. Tech's defense is not good, hasn't been good. Gave up 63 against Texas last season. Basically the same defense, bad defense. Texas, minus 9. That's all you need to remember. Next game, Big Ten. Defense. Wisconsin, minus 5.5 versus Notre Dame. In... Wisconsin, jump around, get crazy. That's a tough atmosphere to play in. No way Notre Dame can cover that. Wisconsin, by two touchdowns, cover it, minus five and a half. Notre Dame doesn't look legit, bro. They, they suck. They barely beat Florida State. Florida State 0-3 now. Florida State lost to Jacksonville State. That basically means Jacksonville State is almost as good as Notre Dame. What does that say about Notre Dame's program? Not a lot. Tough atmosphere. Notre Dame won't be able to handle it. Wisconsin coming off a bye week. They're prepared for this game. 
Easy money. Notre Dame, 1-2 against the spread this season. Am I... Am I blind or is that a losing record? I have a winning record, 8-3-6. Keep that in mind, 8-3-6. That's profit. 1-2, losing record, losing money. Wisconsin, 1-1 one one against the spread with its one loss to top 10 team Penn State, who looks legit. Next game, going down the south, SEC. Arkansas, plus 5.5 at home versus Texas A&M. This line... This is my favorite line of the week. Arkansas looks legit. I am so confused how they're underdogs in this game at home. Arkansas is a tough place to play. Woo pig suey. Arkansas is back, back, back. Maybe contenders? Probably not. Eight win season? For sure. A&M playing with their backup quarterback? He doesn't look good. Came out against Colorado. Almost lost to Colorado in Denver. Arkansas 3-0 against the spread that se this season. That's all I need to say right there. All I need to say. All I need to say right there. Arkansas's crowd in this game will cover the spread by itself. Count on me for that. Last game, back to the Big Ten. Northwestern minus 15 at home versus Ohio. Ohio sucks. Ohio sucks. They lost 28-26 to Duquesne. Who the hell is Duquesne? No one knows who Duquesne is. That game was Ohio's favorite. Ohio was favored by minus 28.5. That, not even close to cover. Not even close to cover. Don't pick Ohio. Both teams, 0-3 against the spread this game. One team has to win. It'll be Northwestern. Not winter yet. It's not winter yet. But Northwestern will steamroll, and I'll say it again, Ohio sucks. You come to me for money, I give you money. You should be paying me. I don't charge. 8-3-6. 8-3-6. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's money in the bank. You count on me. I provide. That's it. See ya. All right, Jackson, thank you so much for all those bets. And folks, again, make sure you listen to Jackson. He knows his stuff. Obviously, I don't. If I knew my stuff, I would have loads of cash right now. So would Jack. I mean, but, we but listen, we've started making money yeah, because of Jackson, and exactly. we have him to thank. Exactly. We so, have him to thank. So if you want to make it big, listen to Jackson, all right? So that's going to be the end of the podcast, though. I do want to thank you guys so much for joining us. This is our first episode, and we can't wait to get into more news whether that's soccer, football, baseball, basketball, you name it, whatever you want, make sure to comment it down below so that we can get into it for the next episode. Um, until next time, make sure to follow us on social media. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, Jack, right? I think that's it. All good? All right. Let's go. See you guys later. See you next time.